0: Welcome to the Making of an Exception podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, this podcast is for anyone who's looking to be inspired, to gain new perspective on life, or is aspiring to live out their faith in whatever field they find themselves in. Each week, we'll be interviewing influencers and creatives who are exceptions to the rule. The fact that they've gone through what they've gone through, walked through the challenges and pain that they have, and have been gifted the way they've been gifted is what makes them an exception. Our Our goal is that you'd hear this story today and you'd be inspired and challenged to be an exception in the making. Hey, this is Kirk Graham. You are listening to the Making of an Exception podcast. Today, we've got a special guest and I think he's one of the most interesting men alive. His name's Taylor Lewin. What's up, Taylor? Hey, how's it going, man? It's going great. Thanks so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having mm-hmm.
0: me. You're welcome. Uh, Taylor is a husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a spectacular mustache. Mm-hmm. And it's not uh, who I'm married to, though. That's no okay. No way. Okay. Her name is Vienna. And she's a sweet lady. She's, she's awesome. amazing. She's yeah. amazing. Uh, but you are uh, an audio guy, mm-hmm. uh, audio professional. So you do audio and music for a living. Mm-hmm. And somehow, for the last few years, I don't know how many years, you have you have survived not just survived thrived as they say mm-hmm. uh doing audio and music uh which is amazing you've been a co-owner of a studio uh you're b- building a studio starting your uh entrepreneur in that you're starting multiple businesses i think something i've learned from you over the last few years is just the drive um, to not only to continue to learn, you're always telling me about books. Like, hey, have you read this book? Have you checked out this book? Uh, but entrepreneurial books. But you, you got this drive to learn, but also to um, to look at different ways, like different streams of income, different ideas, uh, collaboration. Uh, you're one of the most uh, faithful dudes. You show up. Uh, one of the most hardworking guys. Anyways, this is a long intro to just set you up to say. Uh, I think you're amazing and uh, you're amazing. this podcast is the making of an exception and I think you're an exception to the rule. That's why you're here. So uh, I, we'd love to hear your story uh, today and uh, let's just start by, yeah, a little bit more about what you're doing now mm-hmm. uh, just in, in business world uh, as well as as a husband.
1: Yeah. Um, so I just uh, celebrated my sixth anniversary. Congrats. June. We're, on,
0: we're on six as well. So Yeah.
1: It's party. It's, party. Um, it's fun. You know, we, we keep saying like, like the sixth year has been better than the first five. Like yeah. we've really grown in our relationship this year. Um, where I feel like we like kind of have lost all the expectations we were told, yep. but now we're able to just be like friends, like working together, you know, figuring out what marriage is, what's our, what our future looks like. Um, it's been really like really good. Um, but I feel like we're going to say that every year. Well, I'm like, that's every, great. Yeah. Ho- yeah hopefully yeah.
0: it gets better and better and better. Yeah,
1: it's like way better.
0: Yeah. I feel the same way six years in um, the, the first year was great. Mm-hmm. Um, the second year was great third year and we've had highs and lows, but um, it does feel like, yeah, when you're doing life with your best friend and obviously living together, it's amazing. So yeah. it gets better and better. Yeah. Just
1: don't be a dick. Like yeah. that's like the okay. best marriage <laughs> advice. <laughs> <Okay>. It's <laughs> great advice. It's yeah. a good start. Cause it's, it's like if side. you're, if you're selfish, then you're going to ruin it for yourself.
0: Yeah, it's true. So. Okay. So your husband for six mm-hmm. years, Um, No kids yet. No kids yet. Do you have pets? No pets. All right. We we don't either. Yeah. Just keeping it simple.
1: I, I'm always, we, okay. We always talk about this. Like, I'm like, well, if we get a pet, we might as well make a human because a human could at least take care of us when we're older. But the pets are easier to leave with a babysitter. Maybe they're cheaper too, technically on the short, the short term. But that's, that gets into a whole world of things.
0: I feel like half this podcast could be sarcasm because oh, yeah. just when I'm with you, like that's all I think about is just sarcasm. We could go back and forth with sarcasm all day.
1: Yeah. It's it's a lovely. But
0: that's your reasoning behind kids uh, mm-hmm. or not having kids. Yeah. Right and, now. Or pets.
1: Yeah. Like God's provided us with a lot of opportunities and yeah. I don't want to have to rush home to take care of a dog. Like, yeah. cause I want to be able to sit there, have those extended conversations, stay late, arrive early and not have to worry about taking care of something.
0: Yeah. Your entrepreneurial drive is going to kill pets. Yeah. So let's not do that. It's great.
1: Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. So uh, I love other people's dogs and kids, though. Yeah, like I'm not like I'm like yeah, we love like buying presents for our friends' kids. Yeah, because we're like we don't have it right now, and yeah, we can afford this thing because it's fun. Yeah, it's awesome. Yep.
0: And you're in the middle of a bunch of business change, absolutely, um, and starting some new things, refocusing business. And so, uh, share a little bit about yeah where where you're at now, what you're building uh, currently.
1: Yeah. So what I'm building now is. So the last six years, I've been doing audio and music professionally. Like, yep. that's, that's, like, essentially all I do. I work six months at Starbucks, and the moment that I was making the same at the studio that I did at Starbucks, I quit Starbucks. Done. Yep, And because yep. I, like, hated being the cliche, like, college grad that works at Starbucks who wants to do music for a living.
0: I'm a huge fan of Starbucks, by the way. Just got to oh. say that. And uh, yeah. love Starbucks. Best coffee in the world.
1: Dude, iced coffee. I'm, like... I, I know people love cold brew, but there's something about the, like, cause they brew it double strong. And as we were talking about before, I lost count count on the amount of coffee I had this morning, (laughs) like lost cups count. So yeah, um, did that. And then, um, got connected to the studio, um, humans Win studio, um, with my friend Lance, Northeast Minneapolis, Northeast Minneapolis. We had a lot of fun, um, recorded some, some artists that are like, you know, like we did, um, I handled a lot of the business. I also yep. recorded, helped like jumpstart some people. Um, cause I have like more of a marketing business slant.
0: Yeah. Who are some of the people that you've been able to record throughout the years?
1: Um, people, uh, we work with a lot of Minnesota local bands yeah. like, um, Haley Bonner, step rockets, um, was a band that I like. They're good friends. Yeah. We worked with great. a lot. Um, then we did stuff like strings for bell and Sebastian, Um, Lance is doing some new stuff for Dessa and like the Doomtree crew and people from Rhymesayers. Yeah. So kind of like the, the whole Minneapolis thing, like the current plays songs from us like that we had a hand in a lot. Um, then more recently we've been working with, um, this artist named Lissy, um, who she's an awesome singer songwriter. She like performed on Twin Peaks a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And so a lot more people, um, under like got to know who she was, um, I get through the the studio. I ended up doing a music video for her. This was the funny thing that I just dropped in before we started this. But you said you had a
0: music video playing on MTV right now.
1: I think it's still playing. But it was so Lissy, like Lance is working with Lissy to make all the music. I dabble in video, like YouTube and everything. Um, And she's like, they wanted a video, like a cheap video fast. And so we put together this thing. We got a player piano, programmed her song into it. And she sang next to it. Um, I shot the the video, kind of picked out the shots, um, and then finished it up. And she's like, yeah, give me these specs and whatever. And they were broadcast specs. And I was like, yeah, cause she's like an established artist, whatever yeah, it's yeah. going to go. And then like the next week I see it was premiered on billboard, like online. No. Yeah. And I'm just like, what is this? This is crazy. That is crazy. And so I was, um, her, her album is called castles. It's really awesome. Um, you and now she's no longer I just,
0: dabble in video. You're, oh, I do. you're a video
1: professional. I do. I You just, got
0: a music video on MTV, man.
1: Yeah. So I guess it's playing in there, which is hilarious to me. It's yeah. just with like, It just felt so hacked together, but I did it. I tried to do it as best as I could and it worked out. Um, but I was in Starbucks in Madison visiting my siblings last week. Yeah. And I heard her song come on Starbucks radio. It's called Best Days. It's the best days of our Life." Sing it, man. Yeah. No, don't. You don't want me to sing. Um, <laughs> but it was fun. So I texted her. I was like, Hey, working here in here. And I heard your song, you know, hope you're doing well. And so it was fun. Um, she's like wrote nice things back, but
0: Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. So you're doing humans win, uh, and, and locally in Minneapolis, one of the best studios that, that was here. And, mm-hmm. and now that's no longer,
1: uh, no, it's still going. I just like stepped back from my position. We, um, Got moved, it. uh, just cause the bu- building was sold out from under us. Got um, it. cause real estate prices are rising in the city and, you know, there's like... It still exists. It still exists. Um, I'm just doing less in that role. I still produce sure. a few artists. Um, but I have been moving into film and commercial work, and I really like that.
0: Yeah. What, what does that mean? Uh, so audio for film, audio for commercials. What is What is your day job like?
1: My day job always changes. I um, I love being a part of the whole process. So mm-hmm. I'm at, at, from anywhere on set, like recording with a boom pole, like the, the dude with the big fuzzy thing at the end. Yep. Um, that's, I, like I was, I've been doing that for the last couple of weeks, pretty solid. Um, and then the polishing of that, the post-production, the mm-hmm. mixing, this adding the sound effects, um, all that. And then I also compose the music for some spots yep. as well, which is super fun. Um, that's kind of how I connected with how to make everything yeah. that show. Um, yeah, but like these last couple of weeks, so I guess the normal day is totally changed from studio life. Um uh, Like two weeks ago, I was at like sitting at a U.S. Bank Stadium recording the people who were uh, who built all the dirt BMX jumps at the X Games, which are happening right now which is funny because I used to be totally into BMX and I realized like one of the guys I was interviewing, like I used to always be his character on Matt Hoffman BMX and come to find (laughs) out like, like, which was like the Tony Hawk. I know the game. Yeah. 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 And so like, I figure out like that and he's like, yeah, Matt learned how to like ride in my backyard. Can I
0: ride on your pegs please?
1: Yeah, exactly. And so I was like, (laughs) what? I was like, this is like, how did I end up here? Yeah. That's Um, awesome. And then this last week I've been interviewing farmers for a, a a booth at the state fair. Um, so you'll be able to go in and these are all like the farmers who um, make the stuff for like Revival, Bachelor Farmer, um, Birchwood Cafe. So yeah. like all these trendy, great local spots. Yeah. Yeah. That just like super fresh food. And um, so it was super fun getting to know them. And some of them were like heritage farms, which means they've been doing it for a hundred years. Yeah. And um, so that's been fun. And then like, during one of those shoot days we shot in the morning and then we hit shot like sunset for yeah. golden hour. And in between that, I had to polish up some of the stuff for the X Games, and I was like sitting in the car, like getting it done. And it was, I was like, that's amazing. Yeah,
0: you're 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 working hard. What, what was the statement you just said, uh, just right before we started recording about entrepreneurs? Because this is your life. <laughs> oh, totally, uh, the life you're living.
1: Yeah. So an entrepreneur is somebody who will work eighty hours a week to avoid working forty. Yeah, that's and what you're doing, man. You're yeah, slamming. I don't know why, but it's like <laughs> it's bad because it kind of that workaholism that like was kind of reinforced because I I just interviewed a bunch of farmers and they have no choice. Like they're working day in, day out. Yeah. Like no holidays, no breaks. They have to do it. And so they feed us. Yeah. It's like, man, okay.
0: Yeah. Farmers are the backbone. And of I,
1: I mean, I do come from like my, yeah, my grandparents lived on farms and stuff. So yeah.
0: Farm family. Mm-hmm. You're from Wisconsin. Yep. Grand old city of Green Bay. Green Bay. Yes. Green Bay Packer
1: fan uh, in the fair weather. In the fair weather? What does yeah. that mean? So if they're winning, I will definitely root for them. And Got I it. Will I thought it you in. meant
0: if it's cold outside, which is all football season, you're yeah. not a fan.
1: It's all year in the Midwest. Yeah. Um, except this week. It's been, the last couple of weeks weeks has been hot. But yep, from Green Bay, um, I didn't like, I was like, I played sports. Yeah. I actually lettered as a football player in high school. No. Yeah. I didn't know that. I was played center because apparently I was good at blocking and like everybody was like a foot taller than me. Yeah, and huge and I but I would just like chop people off at their knees
0: hiking the ball man yeah
1: that's and awesome yeah so it was super funny
0: uh back to back to some of the business stuff <laughs> that you're building because <laughs> we, we keep we no I'd like I would love for you to talk about yeah a little bit of your mm-hmm. upbringing family um but but some of the th- things that you're building, you talked about um, how to make everything. Yep. Uh, YouTube channel that you do some audio for, which is uh, a really successful channel and has grown. Uh, you've also, and you can talk about that, you've also won an Emmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, What what's the journey in audio uh, kind of winning some of these awards, but also getting spotlights on TV, uh, commercials, film, all that. What's that been like?
1: Uh, complete like providence. and. I was thinking, so I turned 27 this year, um, and I'm thinking, like, the 27 Club because I work in entertainment, and that's a real thing. And, like, you know, these artists, like, some of my friends and artists that I work with, like, it's a battle, and we lost to Vichy this year, and, like, yep. all these, these artists uh, keep dying. Um, he at really he, he young, was 27? He was Vici, uh, twenty. But, like, 27 is, like, when Tupac died and when all these other people died. And one of my favorite yep. philosophers died, which um, Blaise Pascal, I think you like him, Tissel. And uh,
0: Tissel's behind the camera. Yeah, shout out Tissel, the producer.
1: Yep, he—I've uh, um,
0: never heard he, that guy's name in my life. Just so you know,
1: oh, he invented some h- like hugely important like triangle or like some geometry formula. I believe the tri- the musical triangle. No, it's like Beep. called pi- yeah that one. Okay, yeah, that's really important. Okay. Sarcasm, um, but he was also a ph- ph- uh, he was also a philosopher. He died at age twenty seven, um, but like his philosophy is like been really important in my life and mm. like C.S. Lewis and, and that kind of like philosophical, theological realm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's circling back to how to make everything and how to a- make everything. Winning an oh Emmy. my goodness. Yeah. So I've been like really sentimental this year and like kind of tracing my thing, my path. Um, but how to make everything and all of like my opportunities have just come from just like keeping a reputation of working hard, being trustworthy, being reliable. Yeah. Like I, how I met, the how to make everything guys was I valeted in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody kind of knew me as like a hardworking whatever. Like I'd do homework when we weren't doing it. So they liked me, try to make friends, didn't make any like people hate me, like intentionally anyways. And so somebody I valeted with Um, You
0: say people hate you intentionally?
1: No, I try not to make people hate me intentionally, which I I feel like is like very bare (laughs) minimum. I don't hate you. I love you. That's good. Yeah, that's good. The coffee. Um, but so I connected with this, my friend Kyle and he was going to film school and, um, kind of helped him got helped him on like him and his friends, like senior projects. Mm -hmm. And he was working on this thing called, um, how to make everything. It was originally a documentary, um, about this guy who makes a sandwich, Andy, um, And like from start to finish, like growing his crops, harvesting it and then making a sandwich. And there's a video online. You can find it. How to make a sandwich. Fifteen hundred dollar sandwich in only six months. (laughs) Um, So I did the the music and I was like, hey, you know. uh, So Andy told Kyle he was looking for some music. Kyle's like, I know this dude, Taylor. He's awesome. Works hard. You should like give him a try. Connected with him. Um, Then the documentary got picked up into a local TV show um, and we did like nine episodes, I think, um, on KSTC, which is part of KSTP. Uh, And like I didn't pull any like overnighters in college. Yeah. Until that like and so I graduated and then I worked on that show show. and then I did like I was doing like working all night like once a week because we had like a, a tight deadline and we hadn't. Cause the projects take forever because the idea is to show how hard it is like everything. to have everything in our normal lives. And wow. so, um, spun around fast, got a huge crash course and met, you know, doing audio for television and, you know, making music. Cause when I did the music, I was like, let me just do your audio. Yeah. Like, because I want to make it, sh- make sure it sounds good. And you know, yep. just kind of latched onto it. I really like the idea cause I like work on computers most of the time. And like, this is something real and tangible yeah. that I'm really fascinated by. So they, we connected, they liked me, they kept, they let me keep coming for the ride and, uh, that show, um, then that series was nominated for a regional Emmy and we won for like best series. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, so I have an Emmy with my name on it in my closet. (laughs) Nice. Keep it in the closet. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and that also like we won a telly, which is, Mm. um, which is cool. It's like a streaming excellence thing i can never quite figure out what it is but if it's like a little bit bigger deal than the level of emmy we got because there's three levels of emmy yep or four and so um that was super cool as well um just moved into like my new studio space is with them um yep and it's they're just awesome dudes like yeah can't speak highly enough and the the project's super fun to be a part of
0: yeah go check out how to make everything the music
1: you hear you made it yeah it's all really boring music um, on no. To, yeah, no, it is. I made it, so it's like to help drive like a documentary. So yeah. I like I always joke, I like making boring music because it goes behind stuff. Yeah. It's, you know, that's it's like, yeah. Underscored. Yeah. Underscore audio. Uh, the business you're starting is with, called. Yeah. So I finally got organized and moving everything I do onto the name uh, underscore audio. Yeah. Um, So like the LLC and stuff, um, working on trying to uh, create like a cart based site where I can sell my tunes. Um, that are more for that background role yeah. because I also produce albums. Like I'm working on an album, um, through a music publisher for Viacom. And so it'll be on like MTV and stuff, but, um, behind like the Kardashians or whatever. Um, but, but yeah, this underscores it's so it's like more accessible. So my clients in audio can use it and it's quicker and I can edit everything.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, part of what you're really good at is building in systems as well as making money. It sounds funny to say that, but Mm -hmm. in the world of part of what makes you an exception is that you are, I said it earlier and I was joking, but I'm serious that you are thriving in this industry Mm -hmm. um, by working hard and you've found a way to produce income, multiple streams of income and to be successful uh, doing what you love. And it kind of sets you apart in that. Like, yeah, it's, it's, paying the bills and more to allow you to be, uh, you and your wife to be the generous people that you are, um, and, and freeze up your time, all of that stuff. Uh, how did you, how did you become so savvy, uh, entrepreneurial, um, and I'm sure it's through hard work and a little bit of natural, but how did you become like, man, so driven, but not just driven, but effective there's plenty of driven people out there that, that pursue things, even focus people, but somehow it's not effective in producing a return. And I know you well enough to know that your life's not about just the return. Right. Um, it's about doing things that you're passionate about and Mm -hmm. it's about helping people. Yeah. And helping people too. So yeah, talk about some of those convictions that you and your wife have developed and how you're living your life. But how, how did you become effective in this field?
1: Pure desperation. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, we got married super young. We're like 21 and 22. Um, like the money we got from our wedding was about all we had yeah. and uh, just ripping open cards. Yeah. Cause to both of our the yeah, honeymoon. Yeah. yeah. We're like, oh, good. Cause we, like our, our wedding was like a glorified high school graduation party. Yeah. It felt like it. And, um, it was nice. We had fun with all our family and everybody was so gracious, but it was the armpit of the recession. And so <laughs> both of our families were broke.
0: <laughs> completely broke. The wrong time, Yeah, absolutely. Saying. Like, <laughs> well,
1: economically yeah. speaking, yeah. but no, it set me up for all these wins. And, um, so like we had, we couldn't, like our family couldn't support us. And so yeah. we kind of like, I knew it was it and it was on me. Um, yeah. and I really took that responsibility. And, um, and so I was like, I can't do all like free albums for my buddies. Yeah. Like I was, so we got married, we moved into an apartment 400 square feet. Yeah. Um, you can see it in the back of a mighty ducks movie. Um, <laughs> no. in the Phil- yeah. in the Phillips yeah. neighborhood in the pond scene, like we're the red brick building. So we lived there yes and, um, Somebody's yeah, sure just I had up. a hustle. Like, so I worked 80 hours a week as a valet, like yep. clocking that because I worked so the valet company I worked with like split into two and I kept working for both of them. So yeah. one I would work during the day, do homework, and then at night I'd go downtown, work a club until it's like two AM. Wow. And then I'd go to school. <laughs> yeah. So dumb. And I also somehow fit in like four internships in there. So my wife hardly ever saw me the first year of marriage. Crazy. Um she got a job uh, at North Central, which um which is where we both went to school. Yeah, and never met each other there. Um, but yeah, it was like desperation. So from there, I just had to work hard because I was like, we have to make rent. I have to like, I had to pay eleven yep. hundred dollars a month to stay in school, and I had to do that because my parents couldn't help. Like they helped with like the like, um, they covered my phone and my car insurance. Yep. and then the rest was you know I had lived with my grandparents a little bit and like, which is super formative looking back. Um, spending time with my grandparents before they passed and, um, learning from them. But yeah, I just knew it was on me and I had to like provide and, um, work really hard. And so I worked really hard at valet and finished out my degree. Um, in that time met like so many people that like have changed my life. And, um, just through that reputation I built as a valet where I felt like I was totally wasting my time. I learned how to connect with people who were nothing like me. Um, and then at Starbucks I learned like, even better customer service. Um, just like they have this thing called latte. It's like, listen, ask, thank them, uh, something and go the extra mile. Thanks a Latte. Yeah. Thanks a Latte. Um, I love puns. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So and so that like helped me. So now I like had all these friends in these networks that I would never have naturally been in. And, um, they've, they were kind enough to bring me along. And so I kind of happened how, happened to where I am.
0: Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. How, how have you kept the drive that you had? It started out of desperation, yep. uh, in that you owned it. And I think, I think it's awesome that there's plenty of people that don't arise to that occasion. I mean, especially the millennial generation, not to slam us, but the the number of people that move back in with their parents, um, out of that desperation. And I, and I'm not slamming that. Right. I think i I think it's great that they have parents that would do that and it sets them up better. Oh yeah. I'm I'm not against that, but you rose to the occasion and made it happen, Mm -hmm. uh, that level of ownership. But now that you've built business and you and your wife are successful, meeting your needs, what keeps that same, that same drive, that same hustle, especially in freelance world?
1: Um, I kind of like a future focus kind of thing. Um, I was talking to one of my old professors the other day and, um, he was talking about like check in with 45 year old Taylor, like see what he, like what is he going to need? And for me kind of getting married and taking that really seriously and that responsibility, like when I have a family, I know I'm not going to be able to work nights and weekends all the time. Like that's not healthy. That's not the family life I want. And so a lot of my work ethic is like, I can put the time in now when we're flexible so that if we, you know, if and when we have a family that I can be there or we can do whatever we need to, because like, so we don't have to struggle because it's like, you know, being raised a pastor's kid, you saw people struggling all the time. Yeah, and you know you're always with people at their highest moments and their lowest moments. Yeah, and you know as a kid I saw that, and so I'm like, I want to be, I want to be, you know, a part of it, um, and also, you know, help to those around me as well.
0: Yeah. So, so essentially, you're working hard, extremely hard, right now, in a way that you, you wouldn't think is healthy when you have kids and building a family, but you're doing it so that you can be present with your family Mm -hmm. when you get, when you guys get to that point. Yeah. That's awesome. How do you, how do how do you guys, this is a marriage question, Mm -hmm. um, which is great. How do you guys in, in the world that you're living in and you do some travel as well? Um, how, how do you guys stay connected as husband and wife and not just roommates that you see, you know, just briefly before we go to bed, you know,
1: Mm -hmm. uh, that's like, we're always figuring it out, but yeah. a lot of, a large part of our relationship, um, as we were dating and got engaged was long distance. Mm. So like communication was something we kind of learned, um, early. Yeah. Like we are and being, you know, pretty like reflect, uh, reflective and yeah. like, and so just being intentional with how we communicate has been huge. Yeah. Um, I know I'm not as home, I'm not home as much as she would like. And you know, yeah. there's definitely seasons where it's really hard. Um, but it's yeah, but it's like, you know, every time we move forward, it's like, we never thought we would have been here, you know, yeah. like these opportunities keep showing up and, um, and we keep deciding like, yeah, let's just go for this. Yeah. So
0: I love, I love that you are saying, yeah, uh, together you're saying, let's go for this. And it's not just you making the decision, but in unity saying, yeah, we Let's keep, let's keep working hard Mm -hmm. and just being on the same page. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, We try. Yeah. Yeah. And, and same goes in, in probably every marriage where there's always this checking in with the rhythm of our life, you know, Kaylee and myself having two kids now. And uh, being in ministry, and and a lot of times ministry is not just it's not just nine to five. It's, no, it's it can lifestyle. be outside of yeah. It's lifestyle. This is how we live. And um, and I'm not that's not I'm not like a martyr for that. I, mm-hmm. I love it and it's thrilling. And there's a lot of flexibility within it as well. Um, but checking in with the rhythms of our life to make sure that our marriage is good and uh, my presence with our children is good. I just I believe for myself that if my ha- if, if my family is healthy, um, then th- that's only going to help me be more effective and better as a pastor and in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think every marriage kind of goes through those yeah. check-ins and yeah, I think it's great advice too. Just what you said. Uh, you grew up as a pastor's kid. You just I said did. it. Um, and I yeah, love it. You grew up in Green Bay. We talked about it. Um, but what was life, What it. was life like growing up for you uh, in ministry? I'm also a pastor's kid. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's unique uh Also a musical one. Uh, also musical. Uh, I'm going to sing a song right now. I'm just <laughs> Uh But yeah, what was your life like growing up?
1: Um, I was the pastor's kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, you're always at church early and always at church late. I was messing around. I was, I always was the one who would, I'd figure out how to get out of something before I started it. Yeah. So I didn't get in a whole lot of trouble, but I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, was I was
0: a, the opposite. I went, I took things too far. Always. <laughs> I think a couple Sundays, uh, not, not, I think I did a couple Sundays. I wore two pairs of pants to church cause I just knew I was going to get a spanking. I just, that was my life. Like yeah. I would just take things too far. I was in trouble at church.
1: Yeah. Often. Oh yeah. I mean, I got disciplined and it was usually for what I said though. Yeah. It was like less for what I did because
0: yeah, but you cut somebody in the heart with oh, your words. Yeah. Like I,
1: like, <laughs> yeah. like within a few minutes of meeting somebody, I, I had like the skill of like being able to know what their like, their thing was yeah, and I could don't just do rail it. on it don't if they like, it. yeah, yeah. that's like horrible. Yeah. It's terrible. That's, yeah. So my mother was like, I was like, Taylor, words are to help not to hurt. Yes. Great. Um, and yeah, those words haunt me. Well, I think, I think
0: you're a super positive person now as an adult. So it's awesome. Encouraging, affirmer. Mm -hmm. So you're the pastor's kid.
1: Yeah, I was the pastor's kid. I did everything. Like I, I just tried not to buck the system because it Mm -hmm. always felt like too much work. Um, I'm like an efficiency guy too. So I'm always like, is this worth it? Like what's the return on the investment? Uh, So it just helped me in business kind of figuring out what decisions to make. But as a pastor's kid, I kind of learned that, learned how to like just make people happy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that, almost that customer service, like. Oh, I say like a lot, um, but just you know, being good to people, taking responsibility. I, and then I was I happened to be talented, so I got paraded around a little bit because musical. So I got involved really early, like yep. you know, did the leads in musicals for mm-hmm. church or whatever. And then um, went into doing the worship leader thing. Um, picked up, yeah. So you know, doing music. My mom uh, also has her like master's in education. So she kind of was able to see that in all of us and, and help. And, um, then my dad was really good at giving us responsibility. Yeah. And so kind of that through that, you know, I didn't really buck the system too much, but felt the pressure of like, you know, doing what's right and, and being a good person and the really basic things.
0: Do you feel like that foundation has carried through to who you are now? I mean, you do live a, uh, a great life in the sense of moral ethics and all that. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that is a lot because of the foundation that your parents instilled in you?
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And like family legacy, we just got together with like my family, um, celebrate my grandparents like 60th anniversary. Um, and my grandpa's 80th birthday. Yeah. And, um, it was just talking about the legacy of a family, like family. And this week I've been thinking about this more because I'm working, like I worked with those heritage farms, uh, I think that's what they're called, which are, you know, they've been doing it for a hundred years and yep. um, just like not wanting to let the people down in my life that are really close. Mm-hmm. Um, and so taking that kind of seriously and yeah, I was, I was a normal kid. I got into trouble. I got, I did, you know, I did things that I shouldn't have, but um, at the end of the day, trying to make sure nothing like set me back Yeah, in a very self-preservatory self-pres- present way.
0: Yeah. Uh, what was your life like in regards to faith? uh obviously, the uniqueness of being a pastor's kid growing up in the church you were taught uh you're taught this way of living and this way of believing um and what has that journey been like to to where you're at today
1: mm-hmm. um it's been interesting yeah because so you know being the good kid but i was a uh you know i did everything right so i didn't get bothered by being in trouble but not everything right but We all know what I mean, Uh, (laughs) but like in ninth grade and as I got to high school and I started thinking more for myself and being, um, more of a thinker by nature, um, I started to question a lot of things, um, Mm -hmm. just like really wrestling, like, is God real? Is this worth it? Is, you know, what is this? Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time getting involved in church and having these experiences that I can't explain other than like God, like watching people get healed that I know had been suffering with something for a long time. And yeah. just these crazy experiences, you know, whether it's at Bible camp or, um, you know, just by changing habits of like saying thank you for like yeah. the stupidest things, but just like watching that change my life. Um, and yeah, just, <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's awesome. Just it, my, my question ab- about it is, you know, what you just said about things that you saw that you couldn't explain. helped solidify for you that this was real, but knowing you, you, I feel like you would be more of a logical thinker, um, in that. And I think you mentioned CS Lewis earlier that I think he tried to explain things in a logical way, like which he did really, really well. Like how could you not believe this? And he was able to explain it far better than my brain could ever comprehend. Um, And so, but it's just interesting that the miraculous Mm -hmm. helps solidify it for you yeah, and not just logical and thinking
1: that, that became a huge part of it as I got older. So in the, like, as I started to think for myself, I had these experiences and then I started trying to think about them as I went to college, Mm -hmm. um, and really wrestled with them. Like, but CS Lewis was a major factor, um, because he came like he had, he was super intelligent and like one of the questions I still have is like, how do intelligent people like believe in God? Yeah. Like, because there's a rational like argument and there's a lot of thoughts that like I still struggle with because I'm like, if God's real, why does this happen? You know, mm-hmm. if he cared, why does this happen? But at the same time, I'm like, I work with, in film, with filmmakers. I'm like, that has to happen. So this happens They're like, so they can help this person later on. You're talking about like the power of story, the power of story. Um, yeah, sort of, but, but just those questions of still like, why do horrible things happen? Like as basic yeah. as that, um, I live in North Minneapolis where, there's been a lot of tension, um, racially and just with authority and mm-hmm. them just like, you know, taking advantage of trust and, and things like that. Um, and just like wrestling with that, like, why do these things happen? Yeah. Um, and you know, is this actually real? Like, you know, and CS Lewis is are, you know, like either Jesus was a lunatic, like completely yeah. off the rocker or he was God because yeah. he didn't leave any room for middle ground. And that kind of like keeps me hooked. Yeah. You know, like even when nothing else makes sense. Um, the other thing like I, that I can't get past is like a lot of religions in the world. Like you can tell a dude made them up. Yeah. Like you're going to go to heaven and have a lot of sex. Yeah. Like, and that's paradise. Um, or like you get to just learn forever, which is also really like feels like I could have come up with that or like, like in a little bit self-indulgent where I'm like, there's no way I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to go worship something else forever. Yeah. Like, and I mean, my worst nightmare is that tr- uh, heaven is going to be like a church service.
0: It will so, be. I'm just kidding.
1: No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know what But, like. uh, but yeah, like, but just like having those experiences with God kind of like, just like wrestling with those of mm-hmm. like, like having, like, I can't explain why this happened or why these things lined up in my life when like I, there shouldn't have. Yeah. But um what
0: do you, what do you think uh in your wrestling is God's response to that? Like obviously you feel like there's room for that. Like mm-hmm. and I believe that too. I believe that there's in this faith journey there's room for um you know I mean doubting Thomas is a classic example, but there's other examples in the Bible of these people that are asking questions and even logical questions like mm-hmm. you know a guy named Nicodemus in the Bible he's like how how can I be saved? Jesus is like you need to be born again. He's like impossible. Can't mm-hmm. be born again. I can't I like, can't crawl my, back in there yeah, and get it's out. It's not going to happen, mm-hmm. you know. Um so I believe that there's room for that. Um but what have you felt if there's a uh, kind of theme in God's response to you uh because this is a relationship and God talks to us mm-hmm. and we believe that we can hear his voice through the Holy Spirit, through people, through the word of God. Um but yeah, what what is the theme of his voice back to you as you wrestle that out?
1: Um, just kind of like the sense of like a f- so for me I like relate it to like a human friend, yeah. Because that's the way he created it. Like God's not just an author who wrote some words in a book through people. Like, yeah, he's
0: not just air out there. Yeah,
1: like if if he is who he says he is, and the Bible claims, and and Jesus is, like he's not just an author who wrote a book that I need to read all the time. He he designed the world we live in. He lets like he created human interactions, emotion, thought to try to give us a picture of himself and, and of the, you know, of the, the purpose of life, the like reason we're created, how we're supposed to act in that. Um, and just like for me, like a big personal thing is just like the more cultures and the more people I can meet that are opposite of me, the more I can kind of learn what that truth is that like, Um, because yeah, just that huge overarching truth that doesn't matter. The culture doesn't matter the place. It's always like true. Yeah. And that kind of always hooks me. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of always been that underlying thing. Like there has to be something steering all of this. Yeah. Um, and so, and Jesus makes the most sense to me. So
0: so that's what you feel like God's pointing to is like, look at these people who are so different than you, Mm -hmm. yet they believe in me just Mm -hmm. like you do. And it works, you know, like you're looking at the diversity, which is another interesting point to the fact that if, if the church is not good at uh, building community with different people, uh, Tissel was talking about uh, behind the camera, he was talking about before this recording, uh, the Enneagram and that he's a five and that sometimes in church, he feels like he's the only five in the room, you know, except Except I'm a you, five too. you're also a five, <laughs> we bind uh, which I don't know what all those numbers mean, to be mm-hmm. honest. And uh, I'm a three though. Yeah. Uh, three wing two. <laughs> three wing two. <laughs> yeah. So, Sorry. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways, uh, if the church is not good at building community with a diverse group of people like in every sense of the word diverse, uh, then I think we're missing it a little bit because that's oh, what heaven is going to be like.
1: Uh, yeah. Like us white Americans who complain about what style of song we play in church. Like the thing that I do, which is bad is like very irreverently kind of bring things down to the basic form. Yeah. Like I like to think about like football and like how excited we get about sports. Like what if it was all around a yo-yo like, and we watched uh, all these like grown men get pay- and we paid them millions of dollars to chase around a yo-yo. Like, I think that's hilarious. Oh yeah. But like, or church like being karaoke in a pep talk. Yeah. Um, But yeah, just like, but finding like the actual meaning C.S. Lewis kind of brought it all back for me where he has this writing and it's all about tongues and how tongues is the weirdest thing. Like there's evidence of like of other religions and stuff having this static speech, which it's called. But the reason that it exists in Christianity is basically just so it's weird. Like, and God made this like, and to me on a human level, that really relates. Cause it's like, I like to do stuff that confuses people as a five. Yeah. Like I know, like, which is like just a thinker, like yeah. an INTJ who likes to perform social experience sometimes, yeah. but I'm like, that'd be funny. Like he put that in there just to confuse us a little bit. Yeah. Like, but it's clearly not like as a, it's not a live or die issue.
0: Yeah. It's not, it's not a salvation issue. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I, I like it too, just because it's, it's like a childish, it feels Silly, but that's what you, you kind of have to get over yourself, right? Like with that specific issue, you have to get over yourself, which yeah. ultimately makes it more about God, anyways, right? So, and a lot the of, more people you experience
1: yeah. with like the different weird things, like the more you catch those glimpses of, of like what's actually meaningful and what like God actually created to you know be there, yeah, Um, and also like there's uh, Tina Fey was talking about how a joke went over at like SNL Writing Room and how Um, you know, the show was failing, but they brought in a more diverse background. And as they did like jokes that had been kept getting pitched, Mm -hmm. like they were found, like people were like, that's hilarious. But because like the group was so like all white dudes who didn't have like a very diverse background, they like didn't understand. But like as a world, like we are so different, Yeah. but we all care about like those little same things. Um, Like another thing, random thing I learned at Starbucks was like, I was working with all these um, like these Somali people who came over and escaped war. Yeah. Like, like, like I saw like the scars on their, their body, like their limps, like their missing limbs and they're like, and they came to America to, you know, find peace and safety and how like, you know, that's and cultural issues, which yeah. also make me wrestle with yeah. like, what is this truth? Um, but like at the end of the day, it's like some things like like they're kind of meant to be confusing because we kind of need to not take ourselves too seriously.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that- no, it, it does make sense. There's a, there's a saying of, you know, if I, if I knew and understood everything, then I would be God or mm-hmm. equal to And I'm not comfortable with myself being equal with God because I know who I am. You know, Mm -hmm. I know my thoughts. I know my mistakes. I know my sin. I I know my failure. Um, I don't want, I I don't feel comfortable believing in a God that I fully can understand. The Bible says his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And he sees things on an eternal scale that I see on a scale of 70, 80 years, maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, I'm I'm actually okay. I'm I'm okay not knowing the answer to every question or knowing everything about who God is. Um, you know, what would you say to somebody that is maybe they grew up in the church, maybe not, but they um, they wrestle with these questions: Why do bad things happen to good people? Why does God allow this? Why um, you know some of them
1: might why not are eat, Christians so mean sometimes? Yeah, why it's so yeah, terrible? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah.
0: Um, what, what would your encouragement or comment to them be, um, as they wrestle through
1: that? I don't know, but God can handle it. Like, Great. like for me, so I, a friend of mine died right when I graduated high school and we had only become friends. I mean, we'd become friends for a lot of reasons, but primarily because we had the same birthday hmm. and, uh, and for me, like, so like college years, I, I learned how to like, I called it wallowing with God, like just because I was like everything sucks. Mm. Why does everything suck? Why did this happen? Yeah. But the, like, but I just knew that like it was okay. And like, if, if God couldn't handle that, then why could he handle anything else? Yeah. You know? And if, if it was true that he wanted some sort of relationship with me, he could handle that. I'd talk about that with my good friends, you know? Yeah. Like, and if he didn't create that relationship to mirror that, then what's the point, you know? Yeah. And so just kind of like really wrestling, like, and just whatever, you know, like, if he's trying to be a good friend, he can take it and he'll be there. Yeah. And you know, you don't, and sometimes you don't even have to say words. Yeah. And you can just be, and, yeah. Yeah. And he's with you mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. I,
0: I believe the same thing. You talked about CS Lewis and some of the things that he said as a hook to, um, you know, why you're able to believe and, you know, faith, even separate from what I was just going to say is faith is the definition of faith. Is believing without seeing, you know, exactly. so that like mm-hmm. it's believing without fully understanding. It's, it is that's why we say leap of faith. It's like I'm jumping without knowing where I'm gonna land. That is faith, you know, and it takes faith, it takes belief, it takes uh stepping out into something, not knowing, not knowing. You know, yeah. but but there is an assurance that comes with I believe the Holy Spirit inside. Anyways, you're talking about C.S. Lewis as some of the things he said as a hook mm-hmm. uh, to your belief. I think one of the things that helps me in in my doubts and questions is um, thinking through the actual gospel. Like in that th- the world we live in was not is is not this is not God's design. Mm-hmm this is a result of sin that entered the world because God gave us free will. I love, uh, there's a thinker, and I'm not much of an intellectual, um, but I'll, I'll go there just for a second um, and I'll probably botch it. But Ravi Zacharias, mm-hmm. uh, great thinker, great philosopher, theologian, he talks about, um, he answers some of this question in that the highest, the highest good is, um, is love. It's the highest mm-hmm. good. Is is love, and but the the only way for love to exist is that we would have a choice, mm-hmm. um, because it's not love if we're programmed to love, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, and so God, so that we could have love, receive love, and give love, um, and to have this this love relationship with each other and with God, He, he gave us all a choice, you know, mm-hmm. which then comes sin because adam and eve made the wrong choice you know Mm -hmm. and we all have and so part of the world that we live in i'm briefly explaining just what keeps keeps me is it's broken because because i know my failure you know we don't even Um,
1: measure up to our own expectations
0: totally i know the kind of guy i want to be and Mm -hmm. i fall short every day i go to taco bell so that's for real Uh, after you
1: talked about taco bell the other week i like literally went from church to taco bell
0: yeah. Great. Just because that's you, you're like, no, because eat. that sounded really good. Afterwards. Okay. Great. I thought you were like, he's talking about not eating Taco Bell. I'm going to eat Taco Bell.
1: No, that did cross my mind though. Yeah. But, uh, Taco Bell is actually by accident, like one of the healthiest fast food t- chains.
0: I've heard that yeah. actually. So I don't feel as guilty, but it's
1: just, it's me rationalizing. So
0: it's healthy. But when you're doing three crunch wrap Supremes and a chicken <laughs> quesadilla, it really puts it over the top. Yeah. So. I
1: usually keep it like, you know, to the basics of a, Hard shell
0: taco. Okay. That's not it, my life. My sometimes life. with sour cream. I'll throw a Baja blast on there extra large and just chug it. So <laughs> it's all good. But but the so sponsored. The yeah, yeah, I'm not sponsored by Taco Bell. would love to be, but uh the uh the gospel message of we screwed it up and God sent his son Jesus from heaven to earth. And if this actually happens, so if this is true and mm-hmm. this actually happened, Jesus left. His throne in heaven came as a baby, lived this painful life in this painful world, uh, didn't sin at all. He was perfect, the only one to live a perfect life, to die on a cross. This is getting super churchy. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just saying, this is what this is what helps me. Is man, if that's like, if that's true, then I'm in. I'm mm-hmm. in. I like outside of any other religion, any other philosophy or frame of thought any other chance for eternity in bliss or pleasure. Uh, And it's not about pleasure for me. It's about eternity with God. That's what Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to because of who God is. That's the God I want to be with, you know, Mm -hmm. the God that sent his son. And when I, when I was the worst, he died for me, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's, I'm in for that, you know, Mm -hmm. and if it's faith and I don't understand it all, and I'm, I'm, I'm not all the way there, I'm taking a leap of faith with Jesus, you know, that's the leap I want to take,
1: you know? Yeah. It's like your good buddy, you trust and go through anything with.
0: Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, yeah, I love, I love your frame of thought. I love the encouragement to people that may have questions, you know, Mm -hmm. it's okay to have questions. It's okay. I think, I think the only, the only warning that I have in Mm -hmm. any of this uh, or that I feel for myself, Mm -hmm. so you live how you want to live. Uh, to the people that are listening out there. But the warning that I have for myself is in my questions, just just remembering that if God is who he says he is, he's the creator of the universe, and I should have some level of awe and reverence to that. Right. And not just live my life with these questions and back and forth, but to remember, man, if there is a God of the universe, he's the God of the universe. Right. You know? That's <laughs> like, super scary. Which is yeah, but so then- scary.
1: If you have, like, all that power, and then he's also like, yo, dude, I want to come hang out. Yeah. Like, you know, that's like Elon Musk asking you to, you know, hey, let's go hang out on the spaceship for a day.
0: Like, that's super cool. Totally. (laughs) Which the whole Thailand thing that just happened with those kids, he sent over a submarine. Did you see that? Yeah.
1: Like a little mini tube to save those kids. Yeah, he might be taking that, like, Tony Stark thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think he's Tony Stark. Well, the guy who wrote the part for Tony Stark... Like, the new iteration did, like, go hang out with Elon Musk. He's another dude I'm, like, super into. I like reading biographies. Like, Winston Churchill got super into. um, He was really good at, like, he'd prepare for spontaneous moments. Like, he used to, like, write his impromptu speeches, like, while sitting in the bathtub and, like, waiting for those opportunities to come up and then just delivering just, you know. Heaters. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. And then C.S. Lewis is another one. Um, I think I've read almost all of his non-academic work. Like, so I wow. think it's like 30 books or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and so he, yeah, he's amazing, especially like for p- somebody with questions, Yeah, like him and his group of friends yep. shaped modern literature yeah. and like film and, and stories, yep. um, in such a way. And one of his mentors, uh, like found Jesus through reading Charles Dickens, hmm. um, uh, George McDonald. Wow. And like, yeah, just like him Tolkien, they used to get together, hang out, and they just happened to, you know, change literature and fantasy and uh, and the faith world. Yeah, faith world and literature. Just like Yeah. by privacy. culture, yeah, yeah,
0: culture creators. I think it's awesome. Uh here's a question for you that I that I, I think I've I've just battled less of. I'm I'm just a mm-hmm. kind of I just like I'm just in, you know, I just believe this, you know. I have questions. I'm not saying I mm-hmm. don't doubt or I don't have questions. But a lot of me is just like, God saved me. I know what my life was like before Him. I know what my life is like after Him, and so that's enough for me to know, this I'm in. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but for you, uh, in your questioning, and obviously you've developed convictions about the way you live your life, and who you chose to marry, and how you as a couple live your life, uh, and and based you you've you've grounded yourself, in a lot of the ways you live biblically. Um, How do you live out your convictions, biblical convictions in, uh, in the world that you live in Mm -hmm. doing audio music in the creative world and spending a lot of time around non-Christians that, Mm -hmm. that don't believe. How has that, um, have you ever had challenges of like, man, it's kind of really sucked me into a lot of the negativity or the cynicism of church or the just, you know, man, what if all this is bogus, you know, all Mm -hmm. that stuff how have you continued to live the way that you and your wife have decided to live working in the world that you work in? Mm-hmm. Not that the world you work in is like the darkest place of all time. No. It's fine. Yeah. It's filled it's with a, great place. a bunch of great well-meaning people. people. Totally. Yeah. No, yeah. I,
1: yeah, I don't mean it. No, I, right and I know. Cause like, the, and that's a stereotype of like church judgment on like the entertainment yeah, totally. world. Um, it's, and it, it's always a process. Like for me, I, I really resonate with like the way like Jesus is our advocate. Like, like it says, there's that verse, I always forget where it's at, but it says like, he's praying for us. Like he's, he's advocating to God, the father for us. Like, Mm -hmm. and for me, it's like when I'm working with an artist or whatever, you know, it's like they are being so vulnerable and sharing something like that. They hold so deeply in art Mm -hmm. Um, and trying to express these deep moments like and that's like such that's such a vulnerable moment for most people. Mm-hmm. Like, and how do I how do I a help them like express that and and continue their like spiritual journey that way? Yeah. Um, to and also be there like when things go bad, like, yep. and just being like, because most people who record like music, they're they're trying to either process, like, they're either either processing something, celebrating something, yeah. And it's those high times or low times. Um, that I kind of learned how to be around as a pastor's kid, yeah, you know, and just kind of like bringing, uh, yeah. And just like being there, like, and for me, I always like, I know the right answers, like Mm -hmm. I don't, but that doesn't answer the question when your friend's dead, when you're you know, whatever, like who cares then you're like, why is this happening? Um, you know, and so for me, like in my business, besides just being super trustworthy, reliable, whatever you know, just being like that good friend. Yeah. Like, and that's really how I've landed on how I'm living out my faith because I'm always working with people who have like, they grew up way different than me or they had like way harder things to go through. Mm-hmm. And for me to say anything is usually inappropriate yeah, because, because I don't know. Yep. Um, and all I can do is ask questions and yep. like Jesus always asks questions. And I mean, for a different purpose, but like just like but he was always there. Like I think it's a
0: similar purpose to be honest. I mm-hmm. mean, because he genuinely cared about people.
1: Yeah, he wasn't always like trying to like trick them into like nope, right answer is this. Ha ha. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> what if that was his voice? It was yeah, like, like the Mario, like somehow,
0: Yeah, yeah. Which your mustache is like Mario's. Right.
1: I was on a shoot the other day and this little kid said, You look like Mario. Yes. I was like oh, Thanks, man. You're thanks. awesome. Which, and I always find it funny, especially when a little kid says something really obvious. Because yeah. that like is my humor. It's right up your alley. Yeah, it's right. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess like that's that's kind of how yeah. Besides like the normal like being super trustworthy, um, just reliable and following through on things like. Which yeah, and then just being a good friend, and just somebody who you want to be around. Yeah, like Jesus was somebody who people wanted to be around. Yeah, and not just the religious churchy people. Yeah, like those are those the people who didn't like him the least.
0: Totally. Like he chased him the
1: around a church with a whip because they were the,
0: selling stuff. Those are the people that murdered him. Right. So he, the people that loved him were the people that were not They're normal the religious. People. Yeah, yeah, not the religious, uh, the sinners. And yeah, and we're all sinners, but mm-hmm. yeah, thank God. He, yeah, I feel like if Jesus was on the planet, he would have hung out with me because I'm a broken person, you know. Um, would have hung out with everybody. He would have hung out with That's everybody. what the Holy Spirit's for. Totally. And the Holy Spirit can do that. Right answer. I, I uh, love that you said artists, um, you know, you're in a world where you are with artists and as people are sharing their art, whether it's through songs that they wrote, uh, a story, like through a commercial or whatever, like they're putting out their ideas mm-hmm. and it's going public in that moment. So before it goes to the general public, it goes to public to you. Um, you know, and you're in those environments where people are vulnerable. I think that that's one of the things that, um, has set you apart in my mind that you, there's, there's a certain level of affirmation and, uh, empathy, empathy might be the right word, but just like, like I've always felt like over the last few years knowing you and we worked together for a while, Mm -hmm. uh, that you've always like, no matter where I'm at, if I've opened myself up in vulnerability about my my upbringing or my faith journey or how i'm doing that day it's kind of like you've always just been a guy that i know is like you're like oh yeah like Mm -hmm. all good like yep and it's kind of like there's a a with you feeling like like that taylor lewins with you you know Mm -hmm. and i think that that's one of the most powerful things that can set you apart in the world that you're living is is you're with people in the highs and lows and might be because you're a pastor's kid might just be because you're awesome
1: yeah I'm a big believer in like the slumdog millionaire life like everything's for happens for a reason yeah and you don't know when the moment's gonna come yeah like it's it's all gonna ebb and flow yep like a song and it's gonna you know there's a moment where it'll matter and and I like that that's like super meaningful to me it's like yeah nothing's wasted like I ended up with an Emmy because I valeted like that that's not scalable
0: totally (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like you can't put a system around that.
1: Yeah, you know, and you know, even so, there's this law. uh, It's like Jante Hoven or something. It's this Norwegian thing where it's like, bless you, uh, God bless you, exactly. No, but it's like this funny, like, like not law, but it's like like Norwegians. When you think about them, they're really reserved. They don't talk about themselves. And I, I'm a large part Norwegian. Yeah, and. Uh, and like, kind of like, I don't like talking about myself. Like, this yeah. is really uncomfortable.
0: Totally. That's why and I created this podcast. Yeah, that's and what you did. did.
1: And yeah, just like the irony of that stuff. It's, just it's
0: awesome. Mm-hmm. What are the things you're thinking about for your future? Uh, before we wrap up, uh, things, yeah. Just future business, future marriage, family, mm-hmm. uh, the, the things that really matter to you in life.
1: Uh, kind of everything we've been talking about. Yeah. Um, I like, I like being like an open book about that. If people ask, I don't. You know? Yeah. What
0: are you dreaming about?
1: But what I'm dreaming about, I really want to build a big business. You know, I kind of want to make a lot of money so I can help people. Like, yep. um, I try to model that with the the things I do have. Um, and I hope one day I can do it with more. Yeah. Um, I really like, you know, partnering with people who are trying to make things. Yeah. Um, as a, you know, as a husband and like having a family, I, I want to screw them up a little bit you know, like not too much, <laughs> Wait, your kids just you're a saying? little bit like, yeah, yeah. you know, like I want to give them like the stuff that helps you be better. Yeah. yeah. But like, I just, you know, like I want to be that, that advocate, you know? Yeah. Um, somebody who says, go try that because I know they'll fail, but they'll learn a ton. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, keep them safe. So they're not hurt forever. You know? <laughs> like, yeah.
0: So they don't drown. Hey, yeah. learn how to swim. Yeah. I'm six months old. I'm six
1: months. Hey, the, the babies, I've like, seen it. I I've seen it. We can't
0: even talk about, it. I can't even watch those videos. Oh,
1: yeah, it's so hard. He's like learning to swim. Yeah. Just weird feelings. Anyways, uh, I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I,
0: I, yeah. yeah, I, I feel the same way. I want to raise my kids to, to be independent, mm-hmm. like to grow up, to be able to be successful in this world but also to know that I'm right with them, you know, and I got their back. Yeah. I hope they're way better
1: than me at everything.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. There's some parents that don't feel that way. They feel competitive with their kids. um, And to sort of have that Mm -hmm. sending mentality and Mm -hmm. stand on my shoulders and be better is great. A couple questions Mm -hmm. as we wrap. What's your favorite book of all time?
1: Oh, this was hard. I just read a really good book that I think almost makes a spot. But so Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Classic. Classic. amazing. Stephen R. Covey? I have no idea what the middle initial is. Covey? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that. It was awesome. Um, I just read this book called High Performance Habits. Okay. Um, which is similar. Like in structure, it's like six habits. But um, it's a little bit more of a way for like if you're already doing a lot, yep. like it's a way to kind of like recenter. Yeah. Um, where seven habits is a lot of like balancing life, mm-hmm. like creating the life you want, like mm-hmm. being really intentional. Um, and I, it's played a huge part of my life. And then this, uh, high, whatever, high performance habits, uh, has just been like, helped me re clarify that. Yeah. Um, and just really, as I'm in a season of, of change and like redirection, um, it's really helped kind of like draw my focus. I just read deep work as well, which is a really mm-hmm. good one about focus. Yeah. Um, But yeah, and those kind of played together, but, um, high performance habits, I highly recommend if you want to do stuff, like if you're an entrepreneur, if you're creative, um, it's great. High performance habits. Mm -hmm. It's great. I can't like give you the five big takeaways, but it's, it's worth the read. It kind of helps you find your focus, your, you know, why you're doing what you're doing. If you're like so busy that you don't know what that is anymore and you know, things like that. Great.
0: Uh, and one piece of advice for anybody
1: following in your footsteps. Work hard and make friends. Great. Yeah. Because you never know where they'll lead. It's great. Taylor Lewin. I love you, man. Thanks
0: so much love for being too. on this podcast. Uh, yeah. Really wish the best for all your business, everything. Uh, where can people find you online?
1: Uh, TaylorLewin.com is the easiest way to find what I'm up to. Kind of like post everything there in a hodgepodge. Otherwise, if you're on Instagram, the Taylor Lewin is where I usually hang out and post stuff. like day, Like of my weeks. Oh yeah And it's usually around music and audio So And a bunch of puns Yeah
0: Your Instagram's I didn't drop with any puns. Yeah No? You didn't put drop any in this podcast? Yeah. You got any? Uh
1: No Okay You're on the spot <laughs> I don't want to be too podly in a podcast Okay I don't, so That you, was really bad Is podly bad. a word? No but it's like godly And it's like a Christian thing yeah. But I'm I not
0: mean. trying to be podly This that's, is a podly That's dumb That does not a, work No That's right so.
1: It's
0: all good Love you man Thanks for being here You too If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube or anywhere else podcasts are found. To stay connected with what we're doing, you can follow us on Instagram at exceptionpodcast and visit our website at exceptionpodcast.co. New episodes are releasing every Tuesday. If you know someone who's an exception to the rule and want us to share their story, you can let us know on our website. We're always on the lookout for new stories to share. Shout out to our producer, Tissel, and my name's Kirk Graham. Until next time, as a rule, be an exception to the rule. Peace.